It's offensive official visit season now on Locked On Gators with Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And Brian, we had you on yesterday to talk about some of the defensive recruits that are going to be on campus this week, or not be on campus this weekend. Uh, But now we're going to talk offense, and we're starting off with Chance Robinson because I feel like we have to. But before we talk about his recruitment itself, what kind of player do you think he is? Speed, speed, and more speed. His highlight film, and I've seen him play several times live, if you don't get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage, there's a chance the referee's going to re-raise in both hands. He goes by, guys. That's what he's done for St. Thomas Aquinas High School where he plays. That's what he did for South Florida Express in 7-on-7, and that's probably what he's going to do at the college level. Chance is a guy that gets deep. Um, He's also a very physical kid. He's put together. He's built more like a boxer. You know, He's shredded. And he's a guy that's got the ability to get a little bit bigger, too. So there's still some upside. But speed is what he works off of. And then after he beaches you deep, that's when he'll start working some of the underneath routes. That's also why he's got about 40 offers. Yeah, I mean, talking about those 40 offers, he is currently a Miami commit visiting Florida this weekend. I mean, by the time this airs, he's supposed to be on campus. Uh, And then he's got more visits scheduled, I believe. He's got a ton of interest right now. What is up with his recruitment where he, he's a Miami commit, but he's like, yeah, no, I'm taking visits. I'm, I'm doing whatever I want here. When I spoke to him a few days after he had committed, we were at the uh, OT7 uh, tournament, and he told me that, yeah, I, I committed to Miami, but I'm still going to take some visits. And I was like, okay, I'm just put that feather in my cap for later. He wasn't lying. So <laughs> he, he was a man of his word in that regard. Uh, he committed to Miami. He's a Miami fan, grew up. His dad's a Miami fan. They'd been going to games and stuff. But he he wants to see what Miami does, kind of like something you and I will talk about here in a second with some of these other schools. He wants to see what they do on the field this fall. Miami's passing game fell on its face last year. I don't even know what you would call Florida's passing game last year. And I don't, it's same with Penn State. It's like all over the map. So he wants to see how these guys get developed, how they progress, and I don't blame Chance. He likes the coaching staffs. Miami's recruited him super hard. So is Penn State, so is Florida. But now it's about what you what you do. So I, I think these visits, Miami included, you'll see Miami this month, will be about continuing the relationships, and then hopefully later this season he can get a better idea. But uh, Florida, in their case, it's probably more important for the visit for the Gators than anybody else because Florida's the school that's the other in-state school he's interested in. They got to make it cool to go there instead of just going right down the street to Miami because he's a Fort Lauderdale kid. I'm curious to see what he says about the UF visit. Yeah, I, I'm a little curious about the visit, but I'm also curious as to with receiver in general. We've seen Florida, you know, not have a ton of success. They've got Isaiah committed right now, but like TJ Moore was supposed to be on campus this weekend committed to Clemson after his visit, which, I mean, it's hard to blame him when you look at what Dabo's put into the NFL. Like, I get it. Um, 
but Florida's not been able to lock in some of these receivers, not been able to pull off the flip of Jeremiah Smith yet, at least. Is that a bit of a disadvantage because of Kerry Colbert leaving for the Denver Broncos and Billy Gonzalez coming in as receiver coach, where you talk so much and everybody talks so much about developing and maintaining those relationships. Flores kind of had to not start from square one there because you've had Billy and you've had the other guys like coach Decker, but now you've got a brand new position coach there. That's part of it. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point by you to bring up. Everybody wants to know the person or persons they're going to be working with at any job at any point in their life. When you lose a coach, you will lose a relationship with player X through whatever it is that he had that he was recruiting. One of those was Chance Robinson. Now they've obviously done something right or he wouldn't be visiting UF. Having stated that again, it is not the school that he grew up rooting for, etc. So they got to do a little more this weekend. What does Napier and his staff come up with? that makes UF different. I mean, it's not hard to sell UF. I've said that on your show before, and I'll probably say it a million more times. But, I mean, he's got offers from everybody. Just about everybody on his list you could make that argument for. So how does this team, which probably isn't going to have the greatest passing game this fall, separate itself? And I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure they're going to defend their quarterbacks and all that, but you're going to have to prove me wrong that they're not going to have a pretty mediocre passing game, especially by UF standards. I mean, Spurrier and Meyer, that's, that's you know, with Dan Mullen. Those guys knew how to throw the football. So they need to do that. I'm just not sure what the pitch is beyond this is a great school, which it obviously is, and the student life here is great. Did it really help separate them before this fall when the Gators take the field? I mean, you're forgetting the most important selling point from Florida. Billy Napier's Maybach. <laughs> that's all it is. That, that's that's all you need. The, the Maybach is what's going to get them all. That, that's that's all you need there. But we will say, re- realistically, what do you think the likelihood of Chance decommitting for Miami is? Not not even just flipping to Florida, just just decommitting and reopening everything. I don't think that's the route he'll go. If he flips, he'll just flip from A to B. Uh, he's a pretty direct kid. He's pretty blunt. Uh, I know him fairly well. I don't think he would reopen his recruitment for two reasons. Number one, he's pretty comfortable with Miami. And number two, if you reopen it, that just opens the floodgates for all the phone calls. And it's not only for you, it's for your head coach. It's for your dad. It's for you know everybody around you. He's not a dumb guy. I don't think he wants that. So it, whatever, if it was Florida, it wouldn't matter if it was Penn State or another institution. He would just flip from Miami to that school. And what what would you think Florida has to do to flip him? We know that you'd have to sell your passing game. Do, do you go, hey, we're going to be a bit more modern on offense, and you just lie because we know that's not going to happen just given the current personnel. But how do you really sell the flip on a receiver specifically? The thing that's different, and, and I don't know how exactly how you do this. You can only project so much, but they're selling DJ Lagway, which, I mean, I love that kid's film. He is a dude. But he hasn't played yet. You know, he's still in high school for another year. It's one of the really curious points, and every school does this, that you have to go through. Like, to use an example, Notre Dame's passing game last year was garbage. But they got C.J. Carr committed. Do you think that helped them get some really good receivers this year? Yeah. But he still hasn't played at Notre Dame yet. You could use that example for any of the kids that are committed to Ohio State or North Carolina, anywhere else. you got to project some. It's a lot easier, though, when you can tell that kid to go put on Lagway's film because it's ridiculous. DJ, his dad sent me some film the other day just randomly, and I'm like, holy cow, 
<laughs> making sidearm throws. He's making throws against his body that are going 30, 40 yards down the field and they're on the money. It's, you know, like a practice situation, but still those are not normal for a high school kid. I think that's the biggest thing is they got to sell what's going to be coming down the road. Do you want a true freshman starting in the SEC? Absolutely not. But Lagway might be that guy. So that's something they could sell to Lag or to uh, to Robinson. I know I would. And uh, I mean, again, I don't think they're going to be that good at passing the ball this year. So they can also say you can be part of the reason that we turn this around. You have to help us turn this around to become Florida again. Yeah, show some uh, show some clips of like a receiver being wide open downfield, not getting passed to, and then be like, "But now look at DJ Lagway, and and, and that could be you." <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so, you like to heat on yourself as a Florida fan. I see that. Hey, as a Florida fan, you <laughs> sign up for just this is what you sign up for. And if you can't make fun of yourself, then you then you can't last. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by the best shorts you will ever wear, and it's Bird Dogs, which I love them so much so much like you can go play basketball in them you can go to the gym in them you can walk in them you can relax in them you can swim in them you can do them all with one pair of burdocks because they are so elite five stars by the way that's what they are. they are a five star first overall recruit in the country that's what bird dogs are. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Flipping to tight end now, because I mean, we, we talked about a receiver now. Tight end is what Billy Napier is kind of very known for now, where he's like, yep, yeah, we want to go 12 personnel consistently. You got two tight ends visiting this weekend. The first one being Walter Matthews. What kind of tight end is he? He can be an inline guy, or he can be a guy that goes and flexes out. He's got the frame to get bigger. He's from Hiram, Georgia, and he's he's an athlete. This is a school or kid that could go to any school and be an impactful player at any SEC program. I think that's the easiest way to look at it. If he went to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, he'd be fine too. The only question I have with him is what does he want to become long-term? Does he want to be a little more inline, or does he want to be a little more of the pass catcher guy? So – to play in the NFL, you got to block. So it, kids always want to catch the ball, but he needs to add weight. I think for right now, he's probably better suited to be a flex tight end, but he's going to weigh 250 before he's done. So Billy needs guys that are going to be versatile. And especially if you're going to have Wagway running the offense, play action pass tight end is going to be open a lot. RPO game, which is perfect for, for a guy like Wagway. Tight ends are going to have chances. And this is the kind of guy that can make plays after the catch. That's why it's unique, and that's why he's got all those offers. So I'm interested to see what he can do wherever he ends up going because he's got a lot of physical ability. For an offense that wants to go 12 personnel, you can bring in multiple tight ends and say, hey, like you don't have to worry about being the one guy. We have two that are going to play, two that are going to get fed here, hopefully. But we've talked about Jonathan Eccles a lot before as more of a flex tight end. Uh, you know, You know, not – not Kyle Pitts, but similar uh, uh, stylistically, we'll say. Uh, but with Walter Matthews, let's, let's say you pull off the flip for Jonathan Eccles, which feels like it's going to happen. We'll see if it really does. Walter Matthews being someone who could play inline or flex. Is that, do you think that's complimentary or is that kind of redundant there? 
To be really honest with you, I think it's just take the really good players. They didn't do very well at tight end in the last class. So um, if they took three and, and Eccles was one of them, would they be mad? I don't think so. If you're going to run 12 personnel a lot and it tight end historically, the data shows this, tight ends get hurt a lot. You can look at any NFL team throughout a season who's on the list of players that are not available. Almost always a tight end is on that list. It's a brutal spot. You got to play a lot of guys there anyway to run 12. Take two at least. And if a guy like, well, Eccles wants to decide, you know what, I'm going to be a Gator and he commits on Thanksgiving weekend, kind of hard to turn it down because he's a playmaker. So take those two guys and you figure it out later. If it's two guys that are better at being flexed, they still need them. Of course, you want the balance, but you don't get a pick. It's not the NFL draft. So I don't really worry about that. If you if you don't get a power tight end in this class, get one in 25. Take a guy from the portal. Get an H-back. Uh, take a guy off you know the, the walk-on list to be an H-back. There's a lot of ways to do it. Get the best players now and kind of let it sort itself out. Yeah, I feel like it's also important to note that Florida right now, like you've, you've got some pretty good in-line tight ends on roster. You've got guys like, I mean, Dante Zandris is going to be there for this year. And we'll say you've got uh, bodies in the in-line room, at least where you've got Dante Zanders right now. You've got Hayden Hansen. You've got Tony Livingston there. But now, I mean, adding flex tight ends is kind of the goal here. You have always boarding him, but that's kind of where that list ends as far as truly dynamic tight ends but you've also got eric carner visiting this weekend all the way up from illinois but what does that say for the attention that florida's putting on the tight end position during this cycle after you know not bringing in one for 2023 technically but i i like to count tony livingston as a 2023 kid because he didn't get on campus until this january I would say it's twofold. Number one, good for them for scouting outside the normal footprint of UF football. And number two, that kid's good. UF doesn't recruit Chicago area kids. and that He's from just outside of Chicago. So you know he's good. And you and I talked about this off air. Iowa wants him. Iowa knows two positions really well, tight end and offensive line. If Iowa likes a tight end, it's a good sign. Uh, his other visit, I believe, is Michigan State. They've done a pretty good job with tight ends, too, traditionally. But he's a kid that can be a physical player. He could probably be one of the more versatile guys in line or not. And anytime you get a kid that can do that, that helps you because you can run 12 personnel, 22 personnel, and change what you do play to play. He might be flexed on one spot. And then on the next play, you go with two tight ends and you run an off tackle play. Being able to have that flexibility, that's the one time that's really great, especially if you use any up-tempo or two-minute drill. He could be a really helpful player. Good football players like that uh, aren't easy to get, and I guess that's why Napier is going all the way up to the Chicago area. Yeah, uh, hopefully, ho- hopefully you get him. You need more people in the in the tight end room for twenty twenty four. So, so that's got to be a focal point here. But moving a little bit further, we're just getting closer to the line of scrimmage every time that we talk about a player. Because now we've got Marcus Maskell here. What kind of offensive lineman do you think he is? Athlete. Um, I don't think he's a pure tackle or necessarily a pure guard. He's just a good athlete. He's got something to work with. He's not that traditional perfect guy that can play tackle. Like you want the 6'7", 305 guy. He's not that tall, but he has the athleticism to play on the edge, at least right tackle. And I think he's athletic enough. He could also be a pulling guard. Versatility, again, that's something you hear about in football. You want to maximize every single one of your 85 scholarship opportunities. 
this kid could play in both, both spots. And his his offer list is impressive. And he's, you know, he's, he's visiting NC State, which you and I were talking about earlier. They put guys in the NFL on the offensive line. Their offensive line coach knows what he's doing. They want him. Very good signs, kind of like Iowa with the tight ends. So can they get him? I mean, for the love of mankind, Florida desperately needs an influx of talent up front. And they need versatility because they don't have enough numbers anyway. This kid could play multiple spots. Let's let's see what he can do. Again, though, it's not hard to sell UF. He's a kid from South Gwinnett, if I remember correctly, that high school. And that's a great area. He's played against top-notch competition. He's not going to be overwhelmed. This is a chance for Florida to improve its roster. You need kids like this, big body guys that are athletes. It, it helps a lot. And they, they need a bunch of them. They really need four linemen, at least in this class. So maybe he's one of them. Yeah, uh, Maskell visited LSU in the first official visit weekend this past weekend. He's visiting Florida this weekend. He's got his visit set with NC State next weekend. He's committing June 19th. What does Florida have to do to really solidify themselves in this battle? Sell that you're Florida. I mean, Billy's going to run like, oh, I'm in traditionally when I hear you're going to run the ball. And that's Billy's offense anyway. Run first. And they have playing time to sell. And it's UF. At the end of the day, it's not that hard here. They should, in my opinion, they should be the leader in this just based off that. But I'm using logic. Using logic in 17-year-olds isn't always a good idea. So he's going to have his own opinion. LSU is a hell of a place to visit, by the way. I mean, they do a great job with their official visits. I have no doubt that LSU will be in the, the final discussion. Don't, don't get me wrong. Do not discount NC State either. They just had a guy recently go in the top 10 in the NFL draft. They've done a good job with what they've done with development, and they've always recruited Atlanta well. They've got a shot too, but I think Florida offers the most out of the three under the circumstance because they need they need alignment, man. They had the transfers. They lost some, some guys off last year's roster. The depth chart is not where it needs to be, and it's certainly not up to Gator standards. Yeah, and, I mean, for Florida, I feel like offensive line is one of those positions where – I mean, since Billy Napier has been hired, I've been talking about, oh, you know, they've got great developers on the offensive line, but recruiting has been an issue. So when you have an offensive or an athletic offensive lineman like Marcus Maskell on campus, you have Rob Sale, who I think is a fantastic developer. You have Darnell Stapleton, who's been in the NFL. He knows what it takes to get there. I mean, that doesn't sound like it's that hard of a sell to go, hey, you're already athletic. Come to the SEC play football where we're going to run the football a lot and you're an offensive lineman. And we've got two, I think, high-quality offensive line developers there. You said it. It, it. Again, you don't have to get creative here. You don't need to have a parade for the kid. If he's not interested in the things that you just talked about and I did as well, it may not be best for him to go to four. This this is a straight-on, this is why you should come to U.S. scenario Good school. It's a cool place to go to school. Social life's good. Tradition. They need alignment. It's the offense you're going to want to play. All the above. It's a pretty easy sell to me. Yeah, and we're going to flip back to a receiver now because we got to talk about him. It's weird that we've talked about the same three schools with him as Chance Robinson, but it really with, is with Jare Hawkins. What do you think of his play? Because we know Chance is just speed demon basically at this point. But what is Jare Hawkins? Uh, he's even faster, uh, depending on what you want to look at in terms of track time, but they're different body types. Hawkins is a pure slot, and he's a guy that can beat you over the middle. I think a lot of the guys that Urban had or Spurrier had back in the 90s that were just really hard to catch, make guys miss, that's Hawkins. 
So here's the wild card with him. He's at IMG Academy in Bradenton. He's been to UF. He's been to Miami. But he's a rich. I asked him this earlier this year. He's from Pennsylvania. Is he more acclimated? Does he want to live down here now? Or does he want to go back to the colder weather and go to Penn State? They're having a heck of a recruiting class. But I haven't talked to him the last few weeks. And his visit list is the same. Is which I, I, you know, I have no idea how to explain that, by the way. I'm curious to see what he does. Because it's not like Penn State is exactly with the world on fire with passing either. They haven't. But they do have Drew Aller now, who's a very highly talented young man at quarterback. Probably going to be some bumps in the road, but he's got all the skills to be eventually an NFL player. I'm really interested to see how his visit goes to UF and Penn State. And, and to be honest with you, like between those two, that would be my guess. Miami has more slots. I would say they're the least likely. But, you know, he's going to – he went there already. But the UF and Penn State ones, I think it will end up being one of those two. UF's got a shot. They don't have a guy like him and has that much speed at that size. So why not? And, again, you could sell Agway. So there, there's some reasons to think UF's got a pretty good shot here. Yeah, uh, and we, we talked about this a little bit off air. But how odd is it, do you think, that his top three right now, Florida, Penn State, Miami, all three – very underwhelming passing attacks in 2022. Probably not going to be awesome in 2023, but just just how, how odd is that for a receiver to be like, yeah, these are my three schools? The only thing I can think of is that it's relationships. Those three schools recruit the heck out of IMG Academy. And, the, you know, since Napier's got there, they've tried to change that trend. Obviously, Florida didn't do a good job for years. That's changed. They're getting kids on campus from there. Miami's done a tremendous job, probably better than anybody. And then Penn State just recruits everywhere. Plus, he's a Philadelphia area kid. So he grew up less than two hours away from playing at Penn State. Now, finally with him, he's a kid that kind of beats to his own drummer. He's He probably thinks that he can come in and be the, the guy that changes things around, which is good. He should. He, he can fly, and he's playing at IMG. He's a highly trained kid. But Hawkins is a confident young man, and one that will probably make an impact also on special teams. Uh, you don't kick it to him on punts, man. Makes the first guy miss. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, that kid is just getting lied to uh, all, all day about, yeah, no, we're going to be good passing the ball this year. Don't worry about that. Just I, I promise you. But, hey, if, if it sells, it sells. <laughs> Thank right. you. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith. Catch him all throughout the Lockdown College channel and for the second time this week on Lockdown Gators. Thank you. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday, maybe Sunday if there's a commit. We'll see. We'll be back Monday here to talk more Florida Gators recruiting. We'll talk about the visits that just wrapped up. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.